How many of you guys believe that God blesses tithers? How many of you believe that? Come on, amen. There's no doubt about that. It's great to see whatever campus you're with, God is moving. It is, it's exciting. Uh, they're breaking out chairs at Campbell County campus. Uh, last weekend, new, all new record at Blount County. They baptized 10 students this weekend at Blount County. And so God is moving 5,100 in worship last weekend, and God is moving, amen, across the board. So it is exciting. Next weekend is really the grand opening for Campbell County and Anderson County. Really pray as God draws people to those two campuses. It is exciting. The summer is really about over. That we're in the second half of the year. The theme for the year this year is Psalm 6511. And you should you will crown the year with your bounty or goodness, and your paths drip with fatness, fullness, fertility. And God has done it again, record baptisms, record attendances, and, and the campuses are cooking, and it is thrilling. Uh, now, last weekend, we had a young whippersnapper preach. Y'all remember that? Michelle's, Michelle's son did a great job. All right, come on. He, he brought the word, but there's a little problem. He wore these ugly green britches <clears throat> and made a comment about the senior pastor's age so I just want you to know I can sport banana britches if I want to, all right? Come on. Those of us that are over 50 can still hang. Come on. So when you do see Michelle's youngest son, Zach, put that right in his face, will you? Come on. How many of you guys remember the Tapped Out series we did in February? Y'all remember that? It's a great series. It's a great series, and we made a lot of financial commitments and decisions as individuals and as a congregation, and I hope you're doing well with that. We really do mean this. I want you to hear this. We want more for you than we want from you. The Scripture is so clear, Old and New Testament, the pastor's job is to care for, is to feed and lead the sheep, and where, where God wants us to, to move is into financial freedom, not in financial bondage. He wants us to be put in a position where he can really bless us and and really pour resources into us. So I want to look at, at a miracle this weekend and pull two principles out of it. The principles are of multiplication. We're going to look at the one miracle that's found in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all recorded the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Now understand that was 5,000 men. Ladies, don't get mad at me, but they didn't count the women and they didn't count the kids. We do at Faith Promise, but they didn't. So when they counted a crowd, they only counted the men. So in reality, there's at least 25,000 people that Jesus feeds with a Happy Meal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Matthew, Matthew 14 says this, verse 21, there were about 5,000 men who ate besides the women and children. And what I love about it is when, when you got one Happy Meal and 25,000 people and Jesus feeds them, they picked all the fragments up and there were 12 basketfuls left over, which was one doggy bag for each disciple. See, that's just how good the Lord is. So let's look at it. I'm going to read it in Luke's, Luke's rendition, starting in chapter 9, verse 12. Now the day was ending, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowds away that they may go into the surrounding villages and countrysides and find lodging and get something to eat, for we are in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish. 
unless perhaps we would go and buy food for all these people, for there are about 5,000 men. He said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50, to eat in groups of 50 each. So they did so, had them sit down. He took the five loaves, the two fish, looking to have them, blessed them, broke them, giving them to the disciples to set before the people, and they all ate and were satisfied in the broken pieces, which they had left over was 12 basketfuls or 12 doggy bags. So what I want to do is let's rewind the story and put us in it. I hope that you read the Bible with a holy imagination, a little spiritual speculation, because the Bible is the coolest book. And so when you read it, I, I sort of read the Bible in video. I, I try to watch the, the things as they play out. Now imagine it is you are part of the 12, you're on the Messiah search team, and, and it is high attendance Sunday, and he's preaching his trial sermon. And so you're in the church, and he's preaching, and it's packed. It's jammed up. They stack chairs out everywhere. The windows are open. People are sitting around. It has never been that big. So you're pretty thrilled about it as the committee, and you're on the back row, and you're watching because that's where committee sit on the back row. And so the committee's on the back row, and they're watching, and they're high-fiving each other, and they're looking good, and, and they're excited until about 12.15. And then they, they get a lancy at 1. At 2, they're more concerned. At three, they're hacked off. At five, somebody's got to do something. The Bible says in verse 12, and the day was ending. So the disciples, you know, they start by looking at their watches so nobody can notice. You know what I'm talking about? You look down here. After a couple hours, now have you ever been in a service that went too long? And I'm not talking about five minutes. It's not a time to amen, Larry. I'm not talking about five minutes. I'm talking about five hours too long. And so, you know, by that time, they're looking at their watches like this so the preacher can see. I remember when I was a young preacher, I filled in at a church in Chattanooga and had never been there before. And I was warned before the service, the people don't like it to go long. I said, okay, that's fine. So they sang from 11 o'clock to 11.50, and the service was over at 12. So I stood up at, at 11.50 and when I got to the 10th minute, when the bell rang 12, every single person in the building had a buzzer, a whizzer, a something. It's like a switch watch factory. I'd never heard as many bells and whistles. And when they all finally got their alarms cut off, I said, in case anyone didn't realize, it's 12 o'clock. And since you sang for 50 minutes, I think we ought to have the Word of God for 50 minutes. So sit down and shut up, and I'm about to preach. Now, <laughs> Let me tell you, shockingly, they never invited me back. It's a shock shock to me. But that day, they did not beat the Methodists to the Dairy Queen, and they were not happy about that. And so here you are, you're on the Messiah Search team, and it's getting late. And so finally, man, you know, Pete, he's texting Tommy and Andy, man, they're texting back on their iPhones. And, you know, and and, and so finally, you know, Pete says, hey, meet me in the bathroom. And so, man, there goes Pete, and there goes Andy, Andrew, and then here comes Tommy, and here comes Judas and the boys. And before long, all 12 of them are in the bathroom. Now, I know this is where women meet, but today it's the disciples. They're meeting in there, and they're saying, does he realize, can he not tell time? And Peter said, my stomach thinks my throat's cut. I'm starving to death. We've got to do something about this. And so they discussed what were they going to do. So they all voted 11 to 1 that Peter would go tell Jesus to stop. <laughs> Come on, Peter. You, you say stupid things anyway. He's always mad at you. Go ahead. Because, you know, and go tell him the people are hungry because he obviously doesn't care about us. But he cares about them. And, you know, he's got that meat to eat that you don't know of. 
Remember the woman at the well? So he's probably got a Snickers bar in his pocket or some kind of beef jerky while we starved to death. And so go tell him, so Pizza, I really don't want to do this, boys. Can't Judas go? I mean, he's a betrayer. So now we, and so Pete makes his way through the crowd, 25,000 people. He gets to the Lord, and he, he's on the side of the stage, and, he's, he, and 25,000 people, no microphone. So Jesus is belting it out there. The kingdom of God is coming all of a sudden. Pete's down there pulling at his robe. Lord, Lord, what? Lord, excuse me. Yes, Lord, listen, and I'm so sorry. Oh, it's horrible for me. Sermon's amazing, by the way. It's out of the, it's the best one you've ever preached. I mean, the boys could listen all night because we love it. But the people, they're hungry. So we voted. Give an invitation, take an offering, and let's get to Ryan's before they close. <laughs> I mean, there's still some wings on the barbecue, so let's get down there. So Pete goes back to the bathroom where the 11 cowards are waiting. He says, you know, so how'd it go? It, it, it didn't go well. Well, what do you mean? Well, is he going to stop this year? Well, he is. He's giving the invitation right now, but that's the good part. The bad part is this, that he wants us to feed him. What? There's 25,000. We've already, there's 5,000, 25,000 people. Is he crazy? Now, listen, I try to tell him. And about that time, a little boy walks by with a lunch, and the disciples steal it. They look in there, there's, there's, and they tell the little boy, Jesus is hungry. So they got two sardines and five biscuits, and the, they'd sell Peter. Pete, go back and tell him, this is all we have. Send him away. I've already asked Judas, there's not enough money, so go tell him no, and we're out of here. So Peter goes back out to Jesus again. Jesus is closing up, giving an invitation. People are filling out cards, the whole deal. And... Uh, and so he, so he finally gets Jesus, what, what? Lord, Lord, listen, I'm so sorry. Listen, hey, listen, we met, we talked about your plan. It won't work. <laughs> now, Lord, I know you care about the people. We got one happy meal over here from Long John Silver's, two sardines and five biscuits. No, so send them away. We could still make it to Ryan's if you hurry. <laughs> and so Jesus said, have them sit down in groups of 50 and feed them. So it goes back to the boys, how'd it go? Well, he said, get out there and get feeding. So he told us to break them up. So they're now the disciples are breaking them up in groups of 50. And they get all, all sit down in groups of 50. And Jesus said, bring me the happy meal. Jesus looks, he blesses the happy meal. And he gives it out to the disciples. said, give this out. Now they're breaking up two sardines among 12 of them. Can you imagine the little bit of food that's in, that's in Peter's hand? So Peter goes to the, he goes to the first group of 50. He says, here, take a bite, take a bite. Not a little bite. But you hog, that's a whole, so what is wrong with you? See all these people? So he gives it out, and the next thing you know, he looks in his hands, and the crumbs multiply. And he gives some more out. And then his hands, and the crumbs multiply. And the other disciples are looking around saying, hey, this is cool, look. And man, they're high-fiving each other, the crumbs are multiplying. Until all 25,000 people are fed, they take up 12 doggy baskets, and they say, hey, this is the coolest thing we've ever seen. This is awesome. I want you to notice that the crumbs didn't grow in the master's hands. The crumbs grew in the disciples' hands, in their hands. See, many of us are asking God for a miracle, right? Anybody asking God for a financial miracle? Come on, anybody? 
And yet the problem is our hands are close-fisted. And we want God to feel hands that are, that are close. Let me give you two thoughts on this principle of multiplication out of the loaves and the fishes. Number one, he has to bless it before it can multiply. Without the blessing of God, fish and chips don't multiply. It doesn't work that way. See, we all want our resources, our time, our talent, our money, our gifts. We all want God to multiply our resources so we can be more effective, more efficient, so that we can make a greater difference from him. But again, the problem is we want God to multiply, but we haven't given it to him. We have to give it to him first. And so we have four levels of givers here. We've divided the church into. Number one is a learner. That means that you're new and maybe you're saved or maybe you haven't entered into a relationship with the Lord yet, but you've written a check or you swiped your card or you've dropped, you know, you're just a beginner. You're just really entering the, the generosity journey. Others have been around and say, hey, you know, man, I, I, I love the Lord. I want to be a part. And so you put God in your budget and you give regularly. Maybe you give online. Maybe you, type, you, know, maybe you text your offering or, or however, but, but you, get, you, you give maybe at one of our kiosks and you're giving a percentage, but it's not 10 the third level is what we call the core members. They give at 10%. And then the fourth level is excessive or extravagant. It is legacy people. It's people that orient their lives around so that they can give more, so the kingdom can expand. Now, does the Bible teach that we're to give 10% to the Lord? Excuse me? Let me tell you what the tithe is. The tithe is a test of the heart. The two biggest things God told us to do, give 10% and take a Sabbath day, both of those are not, for, are not for God. They're for us, and they're both are tests of our faith. For you to work six and rest one is a test of your faith that you believe that God will make the six more efficient and effective. The second is giving God 10%, believing that God will bless the rest. Now, this is what people say. And some of you are thinking this right now. I can see it straight in your face. Wait a minute, Pastor. Tithing is Old Testament. I'm so glad you brought that up. The tithing is law. law and Jesus did away with the law. When he died on the cross, he broke the curse. He did. But tithing predates the law by half a millennium. Abraham gave 10% to the high priest Melchizedek, which was a priest in the lineage of Jesus. He gave, so they were given 10% 500 years before Moses and the law. They were giving 10% in the law. They were giving 10% after the law. If you go to the New Testament, Matthew 23, 23, where Jesus is thumping on the Pharisees, he said, you should tithe. But he said, there are other things that you ought to do. You ought to be have compassion and generosity and all these other things. But it basically said, you know, it's just, ought, guys, we ought, you should tithe. That's red letters, New Testament, Jesus. So the next time he say, well, I don't need to tithe. That's Old Testament. Go to your New Testament. Look at the red letters in Matthew 23 where Jesus said, you should what? You should what? Tithe. So number two, the second, second thought and principle of multiplication, number two is it has to be given before it can be multiplied. Number one, it's got to be blessed. Number two, it's got to be given before it can be multiplied. Now, we all want God's blessings, right? In all kinds of ways. And what, one of the things that we try to do is help people get their financial houses in order so that God is free to bless them. We don't put people on psycho trips. We don't manipulate. We don't do things to try to get you to give. Man, that's not, let me tell you what we do at Faith Promise. We teach the Bible and let the people who love God obey it. We don't need to psych you up. We don't need to manipulate you. We don't need to do that. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So we just teach the Bible, and we just let the Holy Spirit do the rest. We're not the church police. It's your job, how you do, and how you respond. But this is what we believe, that generosity is the heart of heaven. Do y'all agree with that? The re- Everybody in here has already asked God to do something today, haven't you? 
Help me get a good parking place. Help me do this. Help me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Hadn't we? Help me get out before the traffic jam. I mean, I'm going to try to hurry and leave, you know. I know people come on Saturday night so they can get off the parking lot quicker. <laughs> Thank God. I'm glad they're going Saturday night. Man, listen. So, so we all ask God for stuff, and we believe God's going to do it because we believe that God is generous. We saw him give his son. We saw him give, for God's love of the world. And he gave. Jesus gave. And so generosity is the heart of heaven, or we wouldn't pray. Now, are we Christ followers? Do we love God? Then should we, we that are following Christ, shouldn't we be generous? Do you know how weak he gets in that point? It's unbelievable. And so tithing is returning back to God what he said was already his. I'm going to give you 100, you get back 10. Don't make me bring the tithe right back. But that's what he said, he, that's what he said to do. Matter of fact, Jesus said this, listen, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by the same standard or measure that you give, it will be given back to you. We want people in God to be generous with us when we're not generous with God and others. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Come on. And so Jesus said it, by the, and it's all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation about being generous in how we give. And now, does God own it all? Where's Annie? Annie, come here, come here, come here. Hurry, hurry, real quick, come on. Go that way, run, hurry, come on, you're fast. Come on, hurry, chop, chop. I need Annie to help me. <clears throat> come up here. Now, when you came in this morning, did y'all get a dime? See, we gave you an offering when you came to church this week so you know that, temp- that a dime is a tithe of a dollar. Because some of us had trouble. Did you get a dime? You didn't come around, come around here. Here, let me give you a dime. Okay, this is the deal. Now, hold your, close your hand. No matter, what I, no matter what I do, don't open your hand. Because this is the way some of us are, right? We got ours and we got it clamped down, right? And God's saying, listen, don't open it. Okay, you'll be tempted. And, and God says, see, we're holding on to our dime. And God's saying, listen, I want to bless you. God said, hey, I want to bless you. I want to pour more into you. I want to I bless your health. I, I want to give you a better job. I want to pour into you. But see, God says, you can't receive it. Why? Because your cotton pick and fist is closed. Amen. All right, dump it. Give Annie a hand, would you? You can keep yours. All right. See, God pours resources into people that manage their resources well so that needs will be met. We got resources and we got needs right here. Got it? And right in the middle of resources and needs is you. You're right in the middle. And when we're the loggerhead, when we're the log jam, when, we're the, when we stop the conduit up, man, God wants the resources to flow. He gives to us so that we can give. He gives so that his church will expand, so the gospel will go, so that missions will be funded, so the poor will be cared for and under resource. He gives to us so that we can minister and care to other people. He gives so his church will grow. He gave it all, his body, his blood, he gave. Now, let me put two words together. This doesn't make sense. Stingy saints. How do you work that out in the Bible? Stingy saints. It doesn't work out, does it? Are you with me? Come on. Help me. Man, you, now let me ask you a question. If you're listening, Sam, should we all be at level three? <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, don't cuss right here, Chris. Stop. Be, be good. This is the deal. And this is what people say, Pastor, you don't, you don't understand. I can't afford to tithe. You don't understand. Let me tell you what you understand. He's wanting to dump it. 
but you got your fist closed. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've said it before, let me tell you, Michelle and I spent our first 15 years of our marriage dirt poor. I know what it is for Michelle to say, they cut the power off today, Chris. They, they cut the water off today, Chris. Chris, there's no food and the kids are hungry. I, I, we have been there through college, through seminary, through a church plant in southwest Louisiana. Man, we have been dirt poor. And I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. When we hit our worst financial place in our lives, we gave 20%. I looked at Michelle and said, Michelle, we're giving 10. We're going to go to 20. We don't have enough money anyway. We ran out of money for around a month all the time. Are y'all know what I'm talking about? And so I said, we're going to double up. We're going to, we're just going to, we're, man, we're going to, I believe in the big shovel principle. We shovel to God, God shovels back. He's got a bigger shovel. So we're just going to, we're just going to shovel out. And I'm telling you what, God has flooded our family with blessings beyond what we could ever imagine. Not just financially. We never dreamed that we would have the house we live or drive the cars that we drive or, or make the kind of money. We never dreamed that would happen. I promise you. I remember sitting down saying, if we can make $36,000 a year, I don't think we could spend it all. Now we got over that. But see, God blesses us in a myriad, not just financially. God's called our kids to ministry. They're marrying awesome people. Zach is, you know, he's got our first grandkid on the way. I can't wait. I can't wait. Listen, I was in Chicago, Michelle and I, meeting with Bill Hobbles a couple, a couple days this week about our simulcast, about the summit. And I looked at Michelle across the table. I said, Michelle, you are smoking hot. You're getting younger and better looking all the time. And I said, I'm getting older and fatter. We're going in the right direction, okay? <laughs> See, that's nothing but the favor of God, boys. Are you with me? Listen, all right, Josh has got it. You guys want your wives to get old and ugly? Listen, I want Michelle to get hotter all the time. It's the favor of God. Are, you, are, are y'all out there? <laughs> y'all don't get this, do you? Come on, man. This, God has blessed us in more ways than we knew that God could even bless and we have coming up in November the Heart for the Harvest free will offering. We take every year. Last year we gave 1.2 million. This year we're going to give 1.5. Amen. 1.5. 1,500 families participating. That's going to go to debt reduction because we've got a 10-year uh, debt reduction plan to put Faith Promise fully out of debt and to expand the campuses. It's just that's what we're going to do. We're 1,500 families. 1,500 families give $1,000 a piece. That'll be, that'll be $1.5 million. That's what happens when a family comes together. Now, would you agree with me that East Tennessee's got a spirit of oppression over it? And if you don't believe it, come walk the streets of Campbell County with us. Number one meth county in the state. Number two child abuse county in the state. 98% of all 911 calls are drug related. You come up there, you can feel it. You can cut it with a knife. Let me tell you how you break the spirit of oppression. You break it with generosity. You don't break it with wadding up your fist. You break it with opening up your hand and saying, God, all I have is yours. Do whatever you want. Use me to break down this depression in the city, in this region. And God says, all right, you open your hands. I can feel your hands. And it can dump out till it's running over, shaken, pressed down, and running over by the same standards you give. It's going to be given back to you. Does this make sense? Now, I want you to know I pray for you. I represent you to God every day. Some of your, my families that are struggling, man, I am interceding for on my face. Some of you need job, man, I am praying. We've got folks that are facing cancer. We've got folks that are facing 
all kind of issues, man. And, and man, I take you before the Lord. I ask God to move. I ask God to restore. I ask God to bring the shalom, the peace of God into your home, into your heart, into, in, with your kids. Some of your kids have gone wild. They've run. They're, they're out there in the world. They've turned their back on the church. And man, I'm asking God to bring those prodigals home. Why? Because I love you as your pastor. But listen, you need to get in a position Get your financial house in order and be faithful to God so that God will in turn open the windows of heaven and part of blessings. This makes sense. Come on, guys. This is the deal. We want to help you. The reason we did the Tapped Out series was to help you. It was the most practical thing we've ever done. Listen, we want to help you, but this boggles my mind. This boggles my mind. If you're listening, say I am. The people that need the most help never take it when we offer it. We've got a marriage and family Marriage and Parenting Summit coming up next month. And the people that, that will be there, by and large, will be people with great marriages. Because people with great marriages want them better. Do you know who won't be there? The people at marriages suck. They won't be there. I'm, I'm looking around. I'll, I'll look around and say, and I know 50 marriages that are on the brink of divorce and not one of them will be here. Can I, can I, can I lovingly say with all, that is stupid as a stick. Are you with me? I love you. My job's not to make you happy, it's to make you holy and help you as your pastor. And so listen, and if, you're, if you're in trouble, get, out, get, get in the marriage summit. We've got some financial classes. If you're struggling financial, let us help you. Let us show you how to do a budget. Let us show you how to get out of debt. Let us show you how to put your financial house in order. Amen? And so, so watch this and see how one lady got helped in our last round of financial classes. I joined the Faith Promise personal finance class after struggling with my finances for years and committing the same sins over and over again against God and not being able to figure out how to control it myself, to be honest. The class became a process of prayer and um, lots of hard conversations with God, not being able to give um, when He asked me to, um, not always tithing consistently, not always being able to um, live like somebody who has freedom in Christ personally in that area of my life. So some of the outcomes of the class for me personally were um, I found the boldness to go and refinance my house. I set aside an emergency fund. I was able to start making choices um, based on freedom and not feeling like I was backed into a corner and had to make them financially. And I've been able to give and not just tithe in church, but also give in situations in my life where I feel like God is kind of tapping me on the shoulder and saying, I want to use you here financially. Um, but the greatest outcome of all of it is that I'm a changed person. Um, I feel like I have more of an outward focus on other people. And inwardly, I think I'm living more sincerely with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving toward the Lord. Um, and it's real for me. So it really was God asking me to take a step of faith in Christ just to enroll in the class and have the courage to be able to deal with shame or pride or whatever emotions were attached to the mess that I had made financially um, to be able to be who he wanted me to be at the end of it, which was a very different person. So we, we, we just want to help you. We want more for you than we want from you. In every other seat, there's a card that looks like this, generosity or developing heaven's heart. If you need to sign up for a financial class, take that card and fill that out. Give us your email, your cell number. Put whether you'd rather have it on a Sunday or whether you'd rather have it on a weeknight. And Aaron, our CFO, has already got, we've already had one full run. We're going to do, we've got other people ready at every campus to teach that. Now, we did this four levels of giving and, and, and tapped out. Some of you have already committed and you're doing it. That's great. But we have a thousand more people now than we had in February. 
at 5,100 last weekend. So we're, we're on a major growth curve. And so we're, I want to ask you if, you, if you just take that, I commit to giving generously as a beginner, which means I'm just going to start, or as a learner, I'm going to give a certain percent, or I'm going to give 10%, or I'm going to be a lavish giver. Sign that. On the other side, if this is the first time for you, you've never done this, if you tithe for 90 days, if you're not glad you tithe, we'll give all your money back. And you say, you can't do that. You can't if you believe the Bible. Do we believe the Bible? God gets the last word. So if you'll take and fill that card out, if you already have and you're doing it, you don't have to do that. But if you need the class, need whatever. Now, we live in America, and let's be real. America's God is gold. We could talk about sports being God, but at the end of the day, it's all about the money, isn't it? Come on, look up here. <laughs> we will lock the doors. <laughs> it's all about the money. Come on, be real. There's nothing wrong with money. See, we serve God and money serves us. Nothing wrong with money. God's, money's neutral. The love of money is not neutral. It's negative. And so many of us are struggling with the money deal. And let me tell you, we need to put your trust in Jesus, not in junk, in the master, not in money the Savior, not in silver. It's in God, not in gold. And so if you say, you know what, Pastor, man, I need to, I need to give my heart to the Lord. I'm not sure where I stand. I really, I, man, I want to have a relationship with him. I'm not even sure, man, I, I don't want money to be my idol, but I want to serve God. If you're not sure if you're saved, I want to pray for you. Nobody's going to kick you. Just slip up your hand and Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Where he is? Right here? Right there? Come on. Roll it up high. Come on. Bunch of life service. Who else? Come on. Come on, church. Give my hand. Who else? All right. Right here, there we go, come on. Let's, let's pray with them right now, church. As these folks open their heart, let's just pray out loud with them. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as Lord. I want to walk by faith. I want to serve you. Help me to do it. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Don't we serve a mighty God? Wow. <clears throat> so we're going to be dismissed in 30 seconds. Campus pastors are going to come forward. There'll be men and women here to pray with you if you want a prayer before you leave. Or take the communication card. If you just prayed that prayer of me and gave your heart to Jesus, check. I pray with the pastor or sign me up for the next steps or baptisms or help sign me up for a group or whatever. Do that. And then those of you that need the classes, this. Fill this card out, or those that are going to just join the, the generosity journey, fill the other side out. Hey, next week we start commission. It's going to rock. Has it been good to be in God's house? Man, amen. We love you. Be blessed. See you next weekend.